As Republicans climb in the polls, Democrats try to fire up the base. From the Battelle studio at WOSU at COSI, this is Columbus on the Record. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Laura Bischoff of the Dayton Daily News, Daryl Rowland, the Columbus Dispatch, Republican strategist Terry Casey, and Joe Moss of the Ohio Hispanic Coalition. If for some reason Democrats were not worried about the fall election, last Sunday's newspaper sealed their anxiety. The Columbus Dispatch poll shows John Kasich with his largest lead so far, 12 percentage points. 49% said they would vote for the Republican over Governor Ted Strickland, who stands at 37%. 10% remain undecided. Darrell Rowland, when those numbers came in, were you surprised at the margin? I was surprised to see it in double digits, quite frankly. Um, many of the early polls that showed Congressman Kasich, former Congressman Kasich with a lead, but in mid-single digits. So that came in at, at double figures, both for Kasich and also for Rob Portman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, you drill down those numbers, though, and it's really internally consistent. The so-called enthusiasm gap, we asked specific questions about, are you more enthused, less enthused about this election? Republicans are by far more enthused. But perhaps the most important finding of all, remember the old 60s song, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? In Ohio, we may be asking, where have all the Democrats gone? Yeah. Terry, is this purely because of the Kasich ad blitz in August? Well, part of it is the national trend. We saw that uh, the Gallup poll showed on congressional generic thing nationally a 10-point advantage to Republicans, and nobody's seen it that big ever in the 68-year history of that poll. And the dispatch poll is very consistent with the three other polls in August uh, in terms of Reuters, Rasmussen, and uh, the PPP poll out of North Carolina. Uh, the problem for Ted Strickland is he's got, in your poll in the dispatch, didn't ask this question the others have, uh, he, Ted Strickland's upside down a much higher negative than positive, and he's been stuck right now for the month of August at only 38, 39% supporting him. To get the 51 to win, it's not impossible, but he's gonna need some luck, including in the upcoming debates. I think it's still early, Mike. I mean, we've got weeks to go on this thing. And besides that, on the national stage, as well as on the particular stage here in Ohio, we have seen an elevation, I think, of the intensity in, uh, on the part of Democrats. And by the way, one of the interesting things that last time I looked, I think that enthusiastic voters vote counts just the same as perhaps discipline voters vote. We'll see what happens to the machinery. But the part of the problem is like as of this morning in Franklin County there's been 92,000 absentee ballots requested mm -hmm. and those people are going to be getting their ballots in the mail in a couple weeks. Well in Franklin County there's more Republicans who've requested a ballot to vote than Democrats. So that's another manifestation of that Republican enthusiasm uh, much as what you had in 06 and 08 when the Democrats had the tide with them. So that, you know, uh, that means we still have enough time to bring out the base, right? Uh, maybe, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think time uh, is running out because there's early voting starts September 28th, and about a third of Ohio voters uh, like to vote by absentee ballot now. So they really have to, um, as you say, start ratcheting it up and getting the, the base energized, um, or, or the Democrats are going to have big trouble. Indeed. Looking at the details of that poll, uh, Kasich is leading Strickland by 12 points in southeast Ohio. Was that a surprise, Daryl? 
Oh, absolutely. Strickland's home base, southeast Well, Ohio. exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, duck run country for Governor Strickland. Uh, and, and among independents, it's actually almost a mirror image of Strickland's totals over Ken Blackwell in 2006. And of course, Strickland ended up winning by over 20 points in that race. Uh, the, the big factor that's different, and, and Laura implied it, that you know, early voting starts September 28th. So even if you have less enthusiastic voters, those Democrats have 30 days to get their people out. But the clock really is ticking. Two and a half weeks votes are being cast in Ohio. Daryl mentioned the Senate race. Let's take a look at the Senate race numbers as well. It's a mirror image of, the, of what you're seeing in, in the governor's race. 13-point lead for Rob Portman over Democrat Lee Fisher in the race to succeed uh, George Voinovich as what would be the junior senator in the, for the state of Ohio. Again, it just shows that Democrats having a tough, tough fight. Well, I think it also shows that this is a generic reaction. I think as we get closer to November 2nd, we're going to see a tightening of these numbers. But we've seen a little bit of a preview in last year's governor's races in Virginia and New Jersey, and then in January, the Senate race in Massachusetts, the most liberal state in America when they elected a Republican U.S. senators. And it's all driven by the independents having what I call a buyer's remorse about what happened with Obama. Boy, I agree to some degree concerning the independence, although I would not phrase it in that fashion. But I think the Democratic Party has learned something from that. And that will be expressed here in Ohio in both the congressional race, in the senatorial race, and certainly in the governor's race. The, Lee Fisher has a, a steeper hill to climb, I think, against Rob Portman than, than Governor Strickland does against John Kasich. Dollars and cents, and yeah. we've you know we've talked about this on the show before. He is lagging so so badly in fundraising. Let's get to our second topic: the dispatch poll, as Daryl mentioned, confirmed the feeling in the air. Republicans are certainly jazzed about this election. GOP enthusiasm is running three times higher than Democratic enthusiasm. So Democrats are trying to fire up their base. The chief fire upper was in Cleveland on Wednesday. Barack Obama blamed Republicans for the economic slump, in particular. He singled out an Ohio congressman for failing to offer solutions. There were no new policies from Mr. Boehner. There were no new ideas. There was just the same philosophy that we had already tried during the decade that they were in power. The same philosophy that led to this mess in the first place. Cut more taxes for millionaires and cut more rules for corporations. House Minority Leader John Boehner responded by offering two suggestions for cutting spending and stimulating the economy. Why don't we pass a bill this month at 2008 spending levels, you know, before the TARP, before the bailouts, before the stimulus, uh, and let's put some certainty in the economy. It, that in and of itself would save about $100 billion this year alone. And then secondly, uh, why wouldn't we work together uh, to make it clear that all current tax rates uh, will be extended for the next two years. Terry Casey, you mentioned the absentee ballot request. There are still many more Republican, re registered Democrats in Ohio than Republicans. Will taking on John Boehner get those folks to come out and vote? The biggest problem is nobody outside of Butler County in Ohio really knows who John Boehner is. And when you walk in and get your ballot in the 15th district, you aren't going to see Steve Stiver's name and in the parentheses, bold flashing red lights that say, don't make Boehner the speaker. Nobody knows who Boehner is. And I think it's a wonderful speech for 2012 if Boehner's speaker, you can blame it on Boehner. 
and get some points of that in the presidential race of 2012. But this fall, nobody in most parts of Ohio and the country knows who John Boehner is. How about blaming it on Bush, which is what the Democrats are doing right now. They're saying the Bush policies of the past administration, deregulation, trade. Well, I'll give you a little example where it didn't work for Republicans. In 1982, when Ohio's unemployment was about 13%, the Republican answer was it was all Jimmy Carter's fault, all Jimmy Carter's economy. That didn't help Republicans that year. Now, ultimately, Reagan came back and won in 84, and Obama could come back and win re-election as president. But for 2010, blaming it on the last guy, people right now want to know, what are you going to do to help the economy? And the New York Times did a great thing today on Tuscarawas County and their economy and how it impacts the Zach Space race there. I think the polls have shown that um, people are still blaming a lot of it on the policies of George Bush. But at the same time, I think people are very frustrated that um, Obama hasn't work worked any miracles and turned the economy around, you know, lickety-split. I think he's trying to, first of all, I think he, he needed a new whipping boy, if you will, if I may use that term. Um, John Boehner, a good choice? I, I don't know. Maybe it's the best he's got, or at least in Ohio. But he's also trying to reframe this debate in terms of the 2008 campaign and saying, look, John Boehner represents the old guard. Why do we want to go back? Um, and the argument I also think that gains traction for the Democrats is to eliminate the tax breaks for the, that upper 2%, uh, the most rich in America. And, and I want to jump on that because I think a, a reason related, I think, I think it's very calculated to pick on John Boehner. And uh, one of the reasons is that he doesn't look like a populist. And if the next battle is going to be on the tax breaks for the rich, whether to continue them or not, maybe they're smarter than we think. But this is all, gen all designed to fire up the Democrats because they do have a number of advantage in registered voters. They're trying to get them out. It's taking on John Boehner and blaming George Bush going to fire up Democrats to come out and vote like they did in 2008. Well, but let's face it, they, you know, they do, the Republicans did the same thing with Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about Pelosi, 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 and they, I think that, that it's sort of a hot button for a lot of Republicans. They, yeah. they can't stand her. So that it works on that side. So maybe they're just sort of starting to uh, craft Boehner in the same way. Joe, does it get you more excited? Listen, you know, it gets me worked up, but I'm worked up all the time anyway. Right. And, and the problem but, uh, they've got is they've got a persuade independents to go back to being Democrats. And the other problem is the president was there on Wednesday, but yesterday was just a devastating thing in terms of the resignation of the county auditor, his upcoming guilty plea and jail sentencing, the corruption of the Democrats in Cuyahoga County. Whatever good Obama might have done at one thing is taken away by all that Democrat corruption so they've got in the county. They'll come out in Cuyahoga County anyway, notwithstanding, perhaps as a consequence of discipline, which is what I was addressing before. I'm not sure that the enthusiasm, and by the way, I'm not sure how they poll enthusiasm. Do they just ask the people how excited we, we are you? Like we me? ask, compared to previous elections, are you more or less enthusiastic yeah. about this election? Three and, times as and, much. And the pollsters, Reuters did it too, as well as the dispatch. There's good ways of indicating that. But Joe, if you go up to Cleveland and talk to the black ministers on the east side, unhappy that Chris Redfern poured money in to elect a white Irish guy from the west side, as opposed to their candidate for county executive, it hurts. Now, people here in Columbus might not understand that politics. You talk to people in Cleveland, they understand the lack of enthusiasm on the east side of Cleveland. And all politics are local. <laughs> yes. And we understand that as well. We've got to find a way to get that done, notwithstanding. And it's interesting how Ohio, yet again, is in the spotlight, uh, this time in a mid-year election. Uh, 
President Obama's coming back next month, October 17th. We don't know where. Obviously, former President Clinton's going to be in town. He's going to be before the debates Tuesday night. Uh, he's going to be about 100 feet from where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Um, clearly, a, a lot of attention is being devoted to Ohio. Apparently, there's been a calculation made that this is where we have to build a firewall by the Democrats. The debate you mentioned is Tuesday night. Laura Bischoff, you are one of the four reporter panelists. What does Ted Strickland have to do in this debate? I think uh, it's an opportunity for him to, to um, try to talk a little bit more about his record. The ads are very negative, and I think that that might be wearing thin with a lot of voters. Um, so if he has, a, he has a chance to talk about holding down uh, college tuition and um, you know, uh, working on job creation and, and that the economy is slowly, very slowly turning around. The unemployment rate is, you know, coming down just a smidge. So he, I think it's his chance to, to be positive um, and talk about his record. And Ted Strickland is a smart, savvy guy in terms of listening to the other questions. I looked at the debates of 06, and Ted Strickland does a, he's not a superstar Hollywood type person, but he's good and solid in the debates and he's unflappable. Speaking of unflappable, John Kasich is known to be a bit abrupt at times. Is that his biggest danger, that he'll say something that well, he may regret? Well, Ted Strickland, if he's still well-connected to the Methodist Church, he needs to talk to somebody upstairs and hope John Kasich has one of those Arizona moments uh, that might become a headline. <laughs> well, he's been on TV. I don't see that happening. But he, he can come off as kind of, I mean, the knucklehead comments and things like that that might come off as kind of brass, brash. Well, and, you know... It, Hey, let's face it, John Casey's got the lead, uh, the challenger, un unusual. Um, is he going to play four corners offense until Election Day? Can, can Governor Strickland smoke him out to say, okay, you're not raising taxes? That apparently means $8 billion in cuts. Lay some of these out because, you know, you're going to be hurting schools or higher ed or setting prisoners free or cutting hospitals and nursing homes. Something's got to happen here. Won't you let Ohioans know? But Ted Strickland won't say how he's going to balance the budget exactly. either. Mm -hmm. yeah. Joe, you want to add to I, I just, I just wanted to add, because Terry close to the issue of balancing the budget, you know, that's a, that's a question that nobody is going to be able to answer for the simple reason that they had to bring up the T word. And nobody wants to bring that up except to say that, oh, I'm going to eliminate it, but without adding any details as to how that can be done. We'll watch the debate on Tuesday and we'll analyze it here next week on Columbus on the Record. Topic three, Republicans need to gain 40 seats to gain control of Congress. It once seemed like a tall order, but now not so much. As a result, the New York Times this week reported national Democrats are monitoring several races closely and considering pulling money out of the races they consider lost. Among them, possibly Ohio's 15th district, now held by Democrat Mary Jo Kilroy. But the head of the Democratic National Campaign Committee says they remain committed to Kilroy and other Democrats in tough, rice, in tough fights. Joe Moss, are you worried that the national money is going to get pulled out? I, I read that too, and, and I think it might get pulled out of some races, but Mary Jo's is not one of them. I, and for, for reasons that were mentioned here a little bit earlier, and that is that Ohio is important across the board. And I think if for no reason other than that, and besides the fact that she's done an excellent job, it, I don't think it's going to be pulled out. Well, Joe, I'm going to cite the New York Times and top you one more with another liberal newspaper of the East. Sunday's New York Times talked about triage and how do the Democrats maybe save some of their majority. And then today, the Washington Post had their new listing up of the top 50 most endangered seats and moving up to 12th, in other words, 
12th with one being the most likely, 12th being very close, uh, this 15th district. Uh, so people in DC, the Cook Report, others, all basically are rating this 15th district as one very likely to change and go back to where historically it's always been. But even in a good year, I mean, she barely won. She won by 3,000 votes in 2008. Right, right. The demographics of that district it's make very, that very close, tight, no matter, tight no matter what. Yeah. Well, and for whatever reason, you're right, Mary Jo Kilroy trailed President Obama's totals uh, two years ago. You're right, in a very Democrat-rich environment. So it's very much uphill for her, I think. Is that a reason why the, the, um, the closeness of the race, no matter what, the, the National Democrats are, are going to keep money? there. Well, again, it's the New York Times, it's the word triage. You spend the money where it's most likely to get your return because it's all about who's going to be speaker. And if Nancy Pelosi is going to hang on, they would have put the money in the districts that don't cost as much and you're more likely to maybe save a seat. With all the outside groups, is the national money as important? I think, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was just going to say, let's not forget that we're going to have an addition to national money. We have local money. And her campaign has historically done a very good job in fundraising and I think continues to do a good job. It but is behind but Steve Sides a little but bit. I, I want to yeah. tell you, I, I'm not giving up on, on the whole point as to whether the, 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 the DNC or the Congress, Congressional Democrats are going to abandon her. They are not. One of the issues the Democrats running for Congress are pushing is, and, and Senate as well, is the Republicans are going to privatize, do away with Social Security. Is that going to fly? I mean, that's what well, they're I trying to hang sure their head on. I wish they could get more creative. Every year they say Republicans are going to take away your Social Security check. In 08, the Democrats were running around saying that the Republicans were going to burn down black churches in the South. I mean, they dream up all these things that have no basis in fact. But Terry, it's no different than the cultural issues that keep either being brought up by Republicans or embraced by Republicans, such as the Muslim uh, Cultural Center, the immigration issue, uh, terror babies, and across the board. It's an election year, and, and things do get heated up. I think eliminating so, um, or privatizing Social Security would be just a huge, huge fight, and, and they would still have to overcome a presidential veto because Obama said as long as he's president, it ain't going to happen. But is it, will it peel off enough votes, Daryl, of older Americans who see those ads and say, you know? Well, I don't know. You, you think, gee, they're getting big bucks for being consultants. They're smarter than me. But to me, it's the smell of fear in the air. Yeah. We're going to that moldy oldie, and that was even before <laughs> Labor Day. Uh -huh. and, and the problem with seniors, they're already upset with the changes that are in the health care bill that no member of Congress today wants to go around and brag about and say, look what I did, just like the stimulus plan. I mean, it was passed in March of 09. It was going to keep national unemployment below 8%, and by right now, it would be down to 7%. And obviously, Ohio's at 10.3%. The promise of stimulus, the promise of health care, people don't trust what was promised. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think the promise was they were basically putting the finger in the dike, and it would have been much worse otherwise. How about the, the far left that was disappointed that health care didn't go far, far enough? Does that hurt? You Mary know, and it's, I, I think when you saw the polling near the end, uh, just prior to the passing, a lot of those uh, poll numbers that criticized the bill were actually from people like myself that thought that a public option should have been there. But uh, ultimately, you know, we got something through. Somebody mentioned, I think it was you, Joe, it said all politics is local. Tip O'Neill. A big 
Yes, you quoted Tipo. You didn't say you didn't come up with it. Um, but she's Mary Jo Kilroy's had two years in office to do constituent service, to take care of constituents, to to shake hands around the district. How much of an advantage of, is that in this race? Well, the, if it was a normal year and yeah. being an incumbent was good, it might be different. Right uh, now, being the incumbent is the worst thing you can have. And, and Terry is correct. I think that, that it is a problem, but notwithstanding, I think something is going to happen over the next X number of weeks. And I think she has done pretty good constituent work, um, even she has. especially in, in Madison Union County is not exactly Democratic land, but she's out there all the time and making lots of appearances. But mm -hmm. so many of these races, it's the national tidal wave and these local factors, and this year maybe more secondary, maybe the exception. All right, let's get to our last topic. Democrats may not only lose the U.S. House, but the Ohio House as well. Republicans have to pick up just four seats to take control of the Ohio House of Representatives. Laura Bischoff, the Senate is safely in Republican hands. There's Correct. no way that that's going to change. Um, how serious is this threat to the Democrats that they might lose well, I the think House. it's pretty significant. Um, I think that, you know, as you said, they only need to grab four seats to change the majority. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, that the last time around there were a number of seats that the Democrats won just, you know, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins. So, you know, anything could happen. There, there, I think that um, uh, Armin Budish was quoted this week saying that uh, Bill Batchelder is um, measuring for curtains in the speaker's office and that he was gonna, should hang on to his receipt because he might be disappointed. <laughs> but provided the measure sh measurements of the windows, that was very helpful. So he wouldn't right, lose right. any time. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, Laura touched on it, an awful lot of the seats in play in the battle zone, which is about 10 or 12 of them, have historically been Republican in the past. And except for the bad years for Republicans of 06 and 08, most of them are going to come back, including two or three seats in Franklin County. So just in Franklin County, they can almost pick up the number they need. Now, we are still operating on a Republican-drawed map. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back from way back in 2001, and of course, that's why, you know, extra reason this year's election is so important to both parties. Um, on the other hand, the Democrats have a pretty good financial advantage, and that's something that's yeah. not been present in uh, legislative races in recent history. I think it's three times as much as the Republicans. Is there any chance the Democrats could extend their majority? I mean, as each district is fought one at a time. Could you pick off a couple in well, well, a weak Republican possible. candidate? But one example is the 96th district that includes Tuscarawas County. One of the persons in Budish's own leadership, he quits a couple days after the primary and they have to substitute in another candidate. So mm -hmm. clearly his team is not firmly in place because they kind of know the handwriting's on the wall and it's not good and not encouraging. Well, a Republican over in the Huber Heights district had to back out too. I mean, it th I think- One well, here in Franklin County just backed right. out. Yeah. I think yeah. it, it just sort of depends on the individual races and what's going on. Anything can happen. Now, if John Kasich wins the governor's race, the Senate's in Republican hands, and the, and the Republicans win the House, there's a Republican government. Is that good heading into this tough budget year we face or is divided government gonna work Better. They may have to talk about the T word, or they might have but to cut or they some might things just to cut, cut the daylights more out things. of it. Yeah. Right. And the reality is, there were a lot of things Ted Strickland could have done in the last budget to tighten up, particularly on nursing homes and the healthcare area, and he didn't really want to touch them. But he did well, cut back. The Republican on the lawmakers were leading well. the fight to cut back on nursing homes. Well, they have good yeah, lobbyists. I was going to say, Terry, <laughs> I'm not sure what else was going to pass that Republican well, Senate. But, but the reality is, in some ways, if you really want to clean up and reform some elements of state government, mm -hmm. there's some areas that are out of control and needing some 
trimming and fixing. Mm -hmm. And when 40% of the budget's healthcare, that's gotta be your number one target. Yeah, but 40%, I mean, that, that's also, that's misleading because a lot of that money is federal money mm -hmm. that comes in as a federal match. 58% of the Medicaid money comes from the federal government. So okay. when, you, when you chop a dollar of healthcare money out, you really only save 40 cents in but if state you talk, money. Talk to people on how the nursing home formula is rigged up and how the little tricks they have mm -hmm. to pay for empty beds and to cover people at higher rates when most people don't require that level of care. There's a lot of opportunities that you can still trim and fix, including fighting an awful lot of the Medicaid fraud that's out there. I, to answer your question about whether or not um, having a Republican-controlled House, Senate, and a governor's office, uh, if that means that there's going to be budget peace, I don't necessarily think so. We had that under Bob Taft, and there was the budget didn't drag past the deadline, but it, it, it was a hard-fought budget. And I would think this is something that, much as President Obama is trying to reshape the debate by saying, look at the past, Ohio Democrats would want to reshape the, the debate by saying, look, we had 16 years of Republican yep. governors, 12 years of complete Republican control. The state wasn't exactly in the bloom of roses then. Let's get to our off-the-record parting shots. Joe Moss, you're up first. Thanks. I want to end up with actually a, a positive uh, word. I don't know if you saw the story, uh, because sometimes news stories uh, that celebrate the better angels of our nature get, get buried. An Akron Presbyterian church led by Pastor Christy Ramsey honored the faith of two Muslim women that live apparently next door to the church by placing a large sign outside the church in celebration and recognition of the holy month of Ramadan. Great message of tolerance and faith here in Ohio. Great. Terry. I predict on Tuesday's debate, besides the fact that Kasich won't have any uh, goofy moments, that the much better debate would have been between Ted Strickland and Bill Clinton on whether NAFTA was good or bad, because Kasich voted with Clinton, when Clinton was our president, to do NAFTA and expand trade. And Daryl. I'm going to say the same thing I did uh, whenever I was on the show last. Uh, we're two and a half weeks away from early voting. We still have not heard from either gubernatorial candidate one dollar of how they're going to balance a budget that has an eight billion dollar hole in it. I'm guessing Laura might ask that question at the debate on Tuesday, but you're allowed your final thought. I'm sworn to secrecy on which kind of questions we're going to ask, but I'm, I'm going to predict that um, the gap in the polls, the big gap now, is going to close. It's, it's going to be a very hard-fought race, and um, hang on. Big pen to track it all. Big pen to write the big story. Gift, of, gift from her son. Yes. He promised to use it today. That is Columbus on the Record for this week. Check us out online. We're on Facebook and on Twitter. You can connect to it all, wosu.org slash COTR. For our crew, for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week.